day. You have had your highs and you've had your lows, but now the reward of your faithfulness God now wants to show. In the past, your way has been with what seemed at times struggle and even a fight, but now God wants to give you a greater anointing to make your way with more ease and light. He wants to give you a greater anointing to make your way with more ease. For in you, my son and daughter, I am well pleased. So the board could lay hands on our pastors and we're just going to bless them in prayer. Church, if you could stand and just join us at this time of prayer. Father, thank you for Pastor Ralph, Pastor Nancy. Thank you for the call that you've put on their lives, the call that you've put on their families' lives. We thank you for their children and their parents, their family, what has uh, all the things that you have done to make them into the people that they are and the leaders that they are. We ask that you would bless them, Lord, uh, cause them to, to uh, multiply in their service to you. And we just pray that, as uh, Paul told Timothy, that they would find faithful men and women to entrust your word to, and that your word would go forward, your ministry would go forward, not ours, Lord, but your ministry for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And the, the board has a gift for Pastor Ralph and Nancy. Uh, from the church to the to them. Hallelujah. Give me a moment here. Uh, God is so good. Appreciate your faithfulness in being here.
try to see something here. No. <laughs> All right. Ah. God's been working with me this last couple weeks. About what you're full of. (laughs) What's coming out of your life? What's the overflow? Through this last week, God's been taking me through the scriptures about various um, things that are not good that come out of us, you know. Have any of you ever had anything not good come out of you? (laughs) 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 My daughter is pregnant, and uh, (laughs) her, uh, her boys... She was throwing up, and so there. <laughs> this is one of those great things. I'm glad it's being recorded, you know. <laughs> but uh, there, she's in the bathroom throwing up, and the, the twins and Jonathan are there just trying to pat her and just trying to make her to feel better. And, uh, you know, they just want her to know it's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, at four and three, you know, it's going to be okay, mommy. <laughs> and they just want to be there as a help. But see, what comes out of you in those moments of trial are the things that we've deposited there. <laughs> Yesterday, we went over to their church. They had a, their fall outreach, and it was cold, windy. And we were sitting at the table with Jonathan outside. They had tables outside. We were the only ones sitting there. So Jonathan was trying to eat some cheese curls. He calls them cheesy dibbles and, uh, and a hot dog. And, and he's, he's determined he's going to eat his cheese curls, his cheesy dibbles. And, uh, and this wind just is picking up, and it blew his wrapper off the table. And out, just from down deep inside of him, Jonathan just looks up and says, Wind! In Jesus' name, stop. (laughs) What's inside of you (laughs) when the trial comes? Um, (laughs) When you are about to get in an accident, (laughs) do you call out to Jesus or are there other words that come out? When you hit your finger and you're hammering, um, (laughs) what comes out? See, I I know that those things that we deposit deep within us are the things that come out in those stressful moments. And if you don't like what is coming out of you in the stressful moments, you have to change what's going in. I have have several passages today for us to look at, and we're going to look at some of the negative things that come out of us. According to the scriptures, um, in some of the positive, thinking about helping us reference this or bring some framework here, 
Today is the first Sunday of November. November is typically a month of focusing on gratitude, thankfulness. Gratitude is the quality of being thankful. So you have to understand, what does it mean to be thankful? And it's very simple. It's to be full of thanks. (laughs) It's not a complicated word. But in our society, we have abused this word, and we, I'm thankful for all of these things, and a lot of them are things that really <laughs> don't really require a lot of thanks. You know, I'm thankful, you know, for a sports team, or I'm thankful for, you know, a good cup of coffee. Not that that's bad, because I like a good cup of coffee, and I like a good football team. I'm glad I have the Buckeyes because the Bengals certainly are not that right now. But Thanksgiving is an opportunity. This month, this season is an opportunity to remind us that there should be coming out of us these things that we are thankful for. But see, they're not going to come out of you if you are not, if you don't have within you these things of Thanksgiving this appreciation for it. And so that really helped me to um, focus on what are we full of? What are we full of? I'm going to go through some various Scriptures real quickly here if you want these recorded or if you want a reference for them later. I didn't print them off for you today. I didn't want to overwhelm you looking at 75 passages. Um, It's not 75. I'm just kidding you. Just 30. But... um, Matthew 6.23 says that if your eye is bad, this was so good right here, your whole body will be full of darkness. There's so much truth in that. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Matthew 23.25, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but the inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. When he was talking about the cup and the plate here, he wasn't talking about literal cups and plates. He was talking about themselves. They knew how to dress themselves up, and yet within them was this greed and this self-indulgence. Matthew 23, 27 says, um, he goes on, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like the whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. What an ugly picture. How much ugliness is in us at times. Going on in verse 28, says, So you outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you, you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Luke 5.12 says, While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. Now, we know these diseases and we think, oh, how could that be, you know, bad? But you look at some of the diseases of our mouth. You know, we are full of so much ugliness. And it is just as contagious as leprosy. Acts 8.23 says, For I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and and are held captive by sin. Acts 13.10 says, uh, that he said, you son of the devil, (laughs) 
full of every sort of deceit and fraud, an enemy of all that is good. Will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Let that never be said of us. And yet I understand that there go some of us on some days. Romans 1.29 their, their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. Church, these things, Scripture says, ought not to be. We have to choose not to allow these things to become the central point of what is in our lives. Whether we like it or not, these things are things that we are dealt on a daily basis. There is more negativity that is being dealt by our world all around us from the schools that we go to, the jobs we work at, the billboards we see, the radio stations that we listen to. We are dealt this junk, this, this, this garbage, and we take it in. And then we wonder why it comes out in our most stressful moments of life. But we don't have to leave it there. We don't have to allow that to be our story because Scripture goes on and it begins to promote for us the things that are good that can come out of us if we were to choose. Matthew 6.22 goes on. He says, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And He is not just speaking about the, the literal eye. He's talking about we as an individual. Now, many of you know I am, I am completely blind in my left eye. So it is full darkness on my left side. And on my right side, I have full light. And, and I can tell you I would rather choose to live on the light side. <laughs> if, if any of you have ever run into something because you can't see it, um, you would understand that living in darkness is not good. I like light. In my house, when I have lights on, I have a lot of lights, typically. You know, we were setting up our, our bedroom and stuff, and, and I just kept adding more lights because I, you know, I like light. I, the brighter the light, the better. Up until like a year ago, I didn't realize they actually had different levels of light bulbs, that they have daylight light bulbs that make it so much brighter that changed my world instead of these warm lights. What, why in the world would anybody put a warm light in something? Let's go bright. You know, if you're going to turn the light on, turn it on. Sorry, that's a rant. So I won't go there. But God wants us to be, our eye to be healthy so that we are full of light. 525.21 says, The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Let's full of praise. Church, we should be full of praise. We should be men and women who know how to toot other people's horns. <laughs> to let people know how much we 
are seeing God move in their lives. That's a good thing. I love this when Luke 4.1 says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Full of the Holy Spirit. We'll go into that more later. John 1.14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory as the one or the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Acts 2.28, You have made known to me the path of life. You will make me full of gladness with Your presence. Acts 6.3, And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Acts 6.5, And what they said pleased the whole gathering. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Spirit. Again, going on dealing with Stephen in Acts 6, 8, and Stephen full of grace and power. So Stephen was full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and he was full of grace and power, was doing great wonders, signs among the people. See, we can be full of good things. Yesterday, while we were at their event, they were having a, a chili cook-off. And I love, I am very fond of our chili cook-off here at the church. I, I, I love chili. I love various kinds of chili. Um, so they, I wasn't one of their judges, but I went through and sampled every one of them other than one that had mushrooms in it. And I just was like, why would anybody put mushrooms in a chili? But, but, uh, but I was full of chili after a while. This week, um, my wife and uh, uh, kids had been out to uh, South Dakota, and so my, my daughter and her family came to stay with us, and um, they're actually going to be moving back in with us for a while, and um, we're excited about that, but I was full of love from my uh, grandboys this week, and uh, so you'll have lots of illustrations coming up about um, some of their escapades, because so, um, they are constant. But just in these few verses that we listed, we had this concept of being full of light, full of praise, full of the Holy Spirit, full of grace and truth, gladness, grace, power, and wisdom. So again, I ask you the question, what are you full of? What is coming out of you? What is the first thing that your children expect when they're in trouble? Because you know what? What you're full of is going to come out. What does your spouse get when you come home from work? Because what you're full of is going to come out. We have to gauge what is inside of us, and we have to make sure what is coming out of us is right and proper. I cannot make sure of that for you. I can set a table with all kinds of good food, but if you don't eat it, doesn't matter what I put out on the table. You have to want to eat the food. And God has spread for us food galore. 
And we have an opportunity to choose and to eat. I'd like to to conclude our time here together with Galatians chapter 5. And, and I'll allow this to, to be the, the final portions of my comments here this morning. I don't have any idea how long that will go. But, but this is my last passage of Scripture. And it's out of Galatians 5, picking up at verse 16. And says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. So do you see this this battle? The sinful nature does not want you to do the things that God wants you to do. (laughs) Jacob was over at this event yesterday. (laughs) And uh, I I was going through the food line and I had filled up my plate of potato chips. I had two different kinds, so it was a big plate. So, so he said, so you're just eating potato chips. It's like, don't judge me. But it's one of those weaknesses in my life is potato chips. And they were freely sitting out there. So I just was, you know, helping myself. But see, my sinful nature, it wants to do those things that not necessarily it is not health, healthy for me to eat a bag of potato chips i know that but that doesn't mean it's not what i wanted at that moment but see the spirit wants me to do things that are going to be good it wanted me to go out and take a walk and i ate potato chips so who gave in who won that day have any of you ever had a battle and you knew at the end of the day that you did not let god win that you gave in to the sinful nature? Now, I know potato chips don't... You think, Pastor, you always talk about potato chips like they're crack cocaine. They are to me. <laughs> I don't do crack. I don't drink alcohol. My, my drug of choice is potato chips. I don't drink pop. I drink two to three cups of coffee a day. My, my one negative thing that I do is potato chips. And they're bad for me. It's, my sinful nature craves them. <laughs> you may have something else. I'm not asking you to, to restrict your life on chips because of me. But if it is a sin to you, then you need to avoid them. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. I love that when we listen to the Spirit of God, when we give Him control in our life, we are not obligated. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't still give in. (laughs) Obligated means that there is nothing. Those chips have no control over me. The only control they have is what I give them. 
When we watch something on TV that we're not supposed to, it does not have control over you. It only has the ability to tempt you. You give in to your sinful nature and you do those things that are wrong. Verse 19 says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And you'll notice this is, was spread throughout everything that I read this morning already. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. This isn't a comprehensive list. God wasn't saying, well, it's just these and no more. He's just saying, listen, this is just touching the surface here. (laughs) But you notice they're pretty ugly. If you see jealousy going on, if you have issues in your home that there are outbursts of anger, we have to look at what is directing our hearts. If there's quarreling, if you feel like your home is never at peace, you have to look at what's going on. Who is directing the activities of your home. And then he goes on, he says, let me tell you again as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's an unpleasant truth. But it's still a truth. Not all truth is pleasant. (laughs) When we start realizing that if we live according to the sinful nature, that we will not inherit the kingdom of God. I am never going to stand before you that everybody gets in. God's Word is clear. We we don't all get in. We have to choose to live right. To acknowledge the presence, the reality of Jesus Christ. To come under His Lordship. To make Him our Lord and Savior. To do those things that only He says are right. That's when we are able to walk in a level of assurance. In verse 22, he goes on, he says, but, when the, but the Holy Spirit, so we need to be full of the Holy Spirit because He produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. That means, Anna, that you can have as much of these as you want overflowing in your life there is no limit to the amount of love and joy and peace and patience kindness and goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control there's no limit go wild on them okay go wild on them let let the let the byproduct of your life be all this stuff that's coming out of you just as you preached about on on sunday night and you're talking about some of the battles going on, that it doesn't have to be that way because we have a choice, right? So if mentally we're not thinking right, then we have a choice. We have to think right. We have to think on things that are good and pleasing. Things of God. Things that, that He wants us to be focused on in our lives. And if we're thinking on those things, God begins to do something new. 
Verse 24 says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Church, there is so much in this that we could just spend the next year on this. But how many of you, as brothers and sisters, intentionally provoke somebody? One of your siblings. I mean, come on. Is, was, was my family the only one that we provoked each other? Okay, thank you for your honesty. And you got in trouble. But sometimes we extend that to the body of Christ. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, have ever intentionally provoked somebody in the church? (laughs) You did it intentionally. You knew it was going to touch a nerve, (laughs) and you went there anyways. And Scripture says that we're not to just go out there and provoke one another. That we are to live at peace with one another. And we have control over these things because what is coming out of us is what we give control. And if we are full of the Holy Spirit, the only thing that can come out of your life if you are full of the Holy Spirit are the fruits of the Spirit. (laughs) You cannot get envy and strife and jealousy and, and all these other things out of you if you're full of the Holy Spirit because they are not part of the things of the Spirit of God. Now, here's the thing that I found to be true is we have to daily fill up. <laughs> it, it's not a one and done. Every morning I have to go to the Word and fill up. Sometimes in the middle of the night. I, I have been in a rough sleeping cycle this last year. You can pray for me. Um, you know, I sleep about three to four hours a night sometimes. Last night was like a three. And, and so after a while, you're, you're, you're feeling exhausted. And so there are times I just let the Bible play because I have to make sure what uh, is going in. And, and I've done lots of praying. And, and I've said, last night I was at this place and I just say, God, what am I missing? <laughs> I believe Your Word tells me that I will be able to find that place of perfect peace when my mind is stayed on You. But I'm not there. <laughs> so I pray. And I seek Him. I know He's got something that He's doing. Something that He's working in my life. Not everything comes easy. The one passage that I talked to you about earlier about Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit, and this was as Jesus was being led into the wilderness for 40 days. (laughs) Now He needed to be full of the Holy Spirit going in. But church, I I just know that there is a heaviness in my heart right now for so many people and the battles that they're going through. I know many of you are going through some difficult times right now. And I've spent time 
praying and calling out your name to the Lord. But I know God is taking you through something. He's not trying to remove something. (laughs) We would just rather God remove the trial. And God wants to take us through. Because on the other side, the testimony will be developed that will help somebody else down the road. Kevin, I'm going to share just a little bit about what we're starting right. So, you know Kevin and Jamie went through this difficult time losing Ella. And out of it, God's been taking them through some things. And um, we are uh, in the final stages. We've ordered the product. Um, Kevin's going to be starting and leading a a grief share group. It is a Christian-based group for individuals who are in the midst of grief, in the midst of a loss, and they need an opportunity to talk about it. And so um, the material will be here this week, and Kevin's going to get through his training on it, and, and, and hopefully here, maybe even before the end of the year, you're going to have an opportunity to, you know, it's not just going to be you, but we're making this as a resource to our community. Because grief is a common denominator of people, whether they have God or not. And so we want to provide an opportunity for people to have a voice to share their grief and their hurt and their pain and to work through it in a positive manner. And so Kevin's going to be sharing that. But you know what? God had to take them through something. There is no good reason why it had to happen, why it happened, but God is on the other side of it still saying, listen, I'm here for you. It broke his heart too. So many people say, well, if God is so loving, why do His people have to go through difficult times? Why do sinners have to... Why are they able to prosper and do so much more? There is no answer. There is no answer for it. This week, I'm heading out to South Dakota (laughs) to be with a friend dying of cancer. It's going to be a hard week for me. I've seen God give her 20 years since her first bout. But she is in a position that she says, whatever God wants to do, I'm okay. But see, in those moments, it's what's inside of you that comes out. And if you are not intentionally filling yourselves up with the things of God, when the world begins to collapse around you, what will come out of you will break your heart. And you have to make sure that you are constantly, daily, filling your life up with the things of God. 
being full of the Holy Spirit is not an option. It is a necessity. If Jesus found it necessary to be full of the Holy Spirit, how much more so we? We're going to spend some time in prayer. Matthew, if you would help him, uh, help Chad bring up the uh, Amazon music up there and, and bring a goodness of God up and put that playing because I want to have anyone who wants to be able to spend time at the altar to do so. This song, when I heard this song two months ago, really penetrated my life. When I began to picture that God was pursuing me in the midst of my brokenness, in the midst of the things in my life that I felt like were falling apart, that God was present. It provided me with this level of assurance that it was going to be okay. And just start playing that when you get that. I don't know what you're going through. But I know some of you are fighting a battle. I'm not going to beg you. I've never been one to beg for someone to come and to meet with God. Because you're either going to do it or you're not. I know what's available right here. <laughs> and you're saying, well, I can go home and do it. You can you can, but you're not going to have us here with you at home. <laughs> and Scripture says not to forsake the gathering of yourselves together because we need each other. You need someone to cry with you. And they're right, Kevin. <laughs> you need someone to laugh with you. And they're right, Ryan. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite you to come. If you're in the midst of something and you realize that what you're full of is not going to sustain you, it's not going to keep you, and you just need God to touch you in your life, there will be someone that will gather with you up here. As people come and, and fill up here at the altar, our, our prayer warriors, our leaders will come and, and lay hands on you and they'll pray with you. They'll agree with you. But I invite you to come. Father, we thank you.
Thank you. We need you more today than ever before. Meet us here today. We ask for this in your name. Amen. Invite you to come. Someone will join you. Prayer warriors, leaders, as you see different ones up here, let the Spirit of God lead you and you come and you agree with them in prayer. Make sure I'm not too loud, Matthew. Um, something kept, uh, I'll say the Holy Spirit just kept speaking to me the whole time pastor was speaking. And it's uh, so often we're, we're in prayer and we know that we need help with something. But the thing is, is the Holy Spirit has already given you everything you need according to life and godliness. What if you took the time during prayer and made it a decision time? So you use, instead of your, you using your imagination, Lord God, help me with this, with this problem. How about imagining and knowing what, because you know God's will. If you've been in God's word, you know his will. You know how you're supposed to be. What if you took that time in prayer and made the decision through the Holy Spirit that you will definitely operate in love, joy, peace, or whatever your problem may be. I mean, we've got, if there's 100 people here, there's 100 different problems. We can talk about that stuff all day long. And that's really the least important thing. The most important thing is that you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, and you take the opportunity in prayer to make the decision of how you're going to be so that the next step is that much easier. Why do you think that the Jews prayed three times a day? It takes three times a day to make the decision to just be who God wants us to be.
when Daniel was praying that day, he was praying because he knew the strength that he needed to have in that world that he lived in. And if we were to take that time because of the world that we live in and the problems that we've got, if we decided through the Holy Spirit that this is what I'm going to be, God has already given it to me. I don't need his, I'm not going to say I don't need his help because that sounds like pride. He's already given it to me. I'm going to operate in it. And if these people up here are praying in that vein and they're using their imagination through prayer to know what their next step is, they already know their next step. God's given it to them. And they know how they're supposed to behave when they're going through it. So all this stuff that's, if we're deciding to operate in the flesh, if that's how you use your mind, that this is how I'm going to do it. So as, as a person who might be an ex-alcoholic, it's hard to get going to alcohol to get over something, right? That's what you, that's the way you've wired yourself. Instead of doing those things, use your mind in prayer to make the decision that you are going to go to God. You're going to obey. Thank you. Hallelujah. Some are going to keep praying. That's good. Just want to make you aware of a couple things. First off, um, if you have questions about grief share, um, I'm going to direct all of that to Kevin. Um, we'll, we'll have his uh, email and contact number in the bulletin for next week so that you can start interacting with him. Um, and he'll let you know once we're going to be ready on setting that up. Um, also, um, we are getting ready to start for the School of Ministry, our second class. Now, you don't have, you, it is not like you had to attend the first class to attend the second one. But here's a little thing. We are investigating right now. Do we have enough interest, you know, four or five people that said they would do it if we met here in Bellbrook as opposed to over in Clayton? We are investigating that as a possibility. So it'd still be one, it'd still be on that Monday night. Um, but it would be here locally. Um, so we're looking at that, and if we have enough interest, then we're going to split our group into two, um, possibly here, and do that here locally. So if that is something that you're interested in, please do speak with me. You can email me. You can text me on that. My information's in the bulletin already, and say that you'd like to be part of that. Um, and so um, just want to get that information out there so that if you're if you want to do either one of those the other thing is miss christina is working on our kids uh church christmas program and there are a couple of parts you don't have to have anything memorized there's some scripts you have to read she needs several adult there's two adults signed up how many does she need willie five seven five to seven adults so men or women if you're willing to sign up and do that um I think we're looking at the 22nd. Is that what we saw it settled on for that Sunday for doing the program? That Sunday right before Christmas. So I invite you to come and be part of that then. Uh, but uh, as we get closer, there will be a few more practices you have to attend to know what to do. But uh, 
Uh, she'll get you the script so you can start reading it over and have it well done. Uh, but we just need you to sign up. So she needs that today so that she can move forward in her plans. So, um, And then thank you for your love that you shared with my wife and I today. Um, uh, this uh, week I was going through and reading some of the things that the kids gave us last Sunday. Um, and it just... Last night I found myself just in tears again. Um, several of the kids, just some of the things they wrote were just so, so moving and so touching and just, uh, just uh, loved it. Um, so thank you. We love you guys and excited for what God is doing and where He's taking us uh, as a church and what God's going to begin to do, continue to do um, here to touch uh, people for Him. So praise God this time ushers would you come appreciate chad up on the computer he learned the computer 